And welcome into the Bible Reading Podcast. Today is January the 4th, and we are reading Genesis chapter 4, Ezra chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4, and Hebrews chapter 4. And we're asking the question, why did God reject Cain's offering and accept Abel's offering? So, Reading through Genesis chapter 4, a very curious incident happens. Tragic. The first murder is there. The first fratricide, violence, disaster. But it brings up a big question. Adam and Eve have been banished from the Garden of Eden. We read about that in the last chapter. The way back has been sealed, and they begin a family. Their firstborn child is named Cain. And he grows up to become a farmer. Abel is the second-born child, and he grows up to become a shepherd. And from there, things go very badly wrong. Let's pick up the reading. Genesis chapter 4, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. The man was intimate with his wife Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. She said, I have had a male child with the Lord's help. She also gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel became a shepherd of flocks, but Cain worked the ground. In the course of time, Cain presented some of the land's produce as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also presented an offering, some of the firstborn of his flocks and their fatty portions. The Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but he did not have regard for Cain and his offering. Cain was furious and he looked despondent. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you furious and why do you look despondent? If you do what is right, won't you be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Cain said to his brother Abel, Come, let's go out into the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's guardian? Then God said, What have you done? Your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you are cursed, alienated from the ground that opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood you have shed. If you work the ground, it will never again give you its yield. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. But Cain answered the Lord, My punishment is too great to bear, since you are banishing me today from the face of the earth, and I must hide from your presence and become a restless wanderer on the earth. Whoever finds me will kill me. Then the Lord replied to him, In that case, whoever kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. And he placed a mark on Cain so that whoever found him would not kill him. Verse 17. Cain was intimate with his wife, and she conceived and gave birth to Enoch. Then Cain became the builder of his city, and he named the city Enoch after his son. Irad was born to Enoch. Irad fathered Mehujael, and Mehujael fathered Methushael, and Methushael fathered Lamech. Lamech took two wives for himself, one named Adah and the other named Zelah. Adah bore Jabal. He was the father of the nomadic herdsmen. His brother was named Jubal. He was the father of all who played the lyre and the flute. Zelah bore Tubalcane, who made all kinds of bronze and iron tools. Tubalcane's sister was Naamah. Lamech said to his wives, 
Ada and Zila, hear my voice. Wives of Lamak, pay attention to my words. For I killed a man for wounding me, a young man for striking me. If Cain is to be avenged seven times over, then Lamech it will be seventy-seven times. Adam was intimate with his wife again, and she gave birth to a son and named him Seth. For she said, God has given me another child in place of Abel, since Cain killed him. A son was born to Seth also, and he named him Enosh. At that time, people began to call on the name of the Lord. Now that's Genesis 4, and I've always found that little brag there by Lamach pretty ridiculous, so I tried to give it a bit of a ridiculous inflection reading about it. Sounds like he's just bragging in a big shot. If you, my friends, have ever felt like a failure as a parent, well, I know I have many times, then consider Adam and Eve, the first parents. Their eldest child literally killed their second-born child. In cold blood, premeditated murder, and he was warned by God not to do it. What a horrific thing for a father and mother to have to endure. Adam and Eve lived most of their lives in perfection and paradise, and within a very short time, the world went from sinless beauty to horrifyingly dark. Sin is that way, isn't it? It can start out small and seem somewhat innocuous, but sin always leads to worse and worse consequences. In the New Testament book of James, James describes the uh, slippery slope of sin in this way. Then, when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. That's James 1.15. God saw what was coming. He warned Cain to turn him away from his jealousy and lust for anger, but Cain ignored the warning and he killed his brother. Most of us that read this passage can see why Cain did what he did. I'm not justifying it, not in the least bit, but I mean, I know I have been upset when one person is commended and I'm not. A more mysterious question is this. Why did God reject Cain's offering and not Abel's? The thing about it is, the Bible doesn't directly tell us that, just that God rejected Cain's offering. We're not really, in Genesis 4, given much of a clue as to what's going on. However, you look around the Bible, there are some very solid clues that I think can point us in the right direction of answering this question. For instance, Hebrews 11.4 tells us this, By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was approved as a righteous man because God approved his gifts. And even though he is dead, he still speaks through his faith. So at least part of the answer is that Abel's sacrifice was by faith and Cain's sacrifice was apparently not by faith. There's another clue in the sort of obscure New Testament letter of Jude. In that letter... Jude is writing to warn the church about a group of false teachers who have turned away from the ways of God, and they have, quote, traveled in the way of Cain. Now, again, the specific error of Cain is not identified, but in the context, Jude seems to be warning us that whatever Cain did had to do with false teaching, false practice, and false worship. Now, here's the biggest clue, the final clue, the major clue, the most important clue. You can see it in Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. And in that passage, God says, 
the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have appointed it to you to make atonement on the altar for your lives, since it is the lifeblood that makes atonement. In the eyes of God, the only way for sin to be atoned for And atone basically means to make amends or reparations, to put it even more simply, to make things right for something that's done wrong. The only way for sin to be atoned for is for there to be the shedding of blood. That is a universal law of God. We may not fully understand it, but that is the established way of God. Blood covers sin. Because the life of an animal or human is in its blood, the only way to cover sin, to pay for sin, to make things right, is for there to be the spilling of blood. Abel's sacrifice recognized this truth and adhered with it, but Cain's sacrifice did not. Now, I personally believe this simple fact explains why Cain's sacrifice was rejected. Not because God loves farmers less than shepherds, but because only blood can cover sin. Nothing else. Not vegetables. Not offerings. Not money. Not power. Not fame. Any kind of possessions. Nothing else can cover our misdeeds in the eyes of God. Our sins. Nothing can cover them. We can't buy our way into faith. We can't earn it back. Nothing can cover our sins except blood. And this is why Jesus had to come and die, why his perfect blood had to be poured out, because only blood can cover sins. Imperfect blood, the blood of normal animals and humans, is limited in its effect, but the blood of a perfect and sinless human, like Jesus, is infinite in its covering effect. And that is why the writer of Hebrews in chapter 7, verse 22, tells us this, Jesus has become the guarantee of a better covenant. Now, many have become Levitical priests since they are prevented by death from remaining in office. In other words, one Levitical priest would die and another one would take their place. But because he remains forever, Jesus holds his priesthood permanently. Therefore, he is always able to save those who come to God through him since he always lives to intercede for them. For this is the kind of high priest we need, holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners and exalted above the heavens. Verse 27, he doesn't need to offer sacrifices every day like a high priest does, first for their own sins, then for those of the people. He did this, and here's the phrase, hear this, he did this once for all, once for all when he offered himself. Now that, friends, is the good news. The sacrifice of Jesus was once for all. We don't have to earn our way into heaven. For all who look to Jesus in faith believing, their way into eternal life with the Father is paid for by the perfect sacrifice of Jesus, the spotless lamb. And now if that's all the time you have with us today, I will bid you farewell. For everybody else, we are going to finish up the Bible readings Beginning in Ezra chapter 4, verse 1. When the enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard that the returned exiles were building a temple for the Lord, the God of Israel, they approached Zerubbabel and the family heads and said to them, Let us build with you, for we also worship your God and have been sacrificing to him since the time of King Esar Hadan of Assyria brought us here. But Zerubbabel, Jeshua, and the other heads of Israel's family answered them, 
You may have no part with us in building a house for our God, since we alone will build it for the Lord, the God of Israel, as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, has commanded us. Then the people who were already in the land discouraged the people of Judah and made them very afraid to build. They also bribed officials to act against them to frustrate their plans throughout the reign of King Cyrus of Persia and up until the reign of King Darius of Persia. At the beginning of the reign of Ahasuerus, the people who were already in the land wrote an accusation against the residents of Judah and Jerusalem. During the time of King Artaxerxes of Persia, Bishlam, Mithidareth, Tabil, and the rest of his colleagues wrote to King Artaxerxes. The letter was written in Aramaic and translated. Rehum, the chief deputy, and Shemshai, the scribe, wrote a letter to King Artaxerxes concerning Jerusalem. And this is what the letter said. From Rehum, the chief deputy, Shemshai, the scribe, and the rest of their colleagues, the judges and magistrates from Tripolis, Persia, Erech, Babylon, Susa, that is, the people of Elam, and the rest of the peoples whom the great and illustrious Ashurbanipal deported and settled in the cities of Samaria and the region west of the Euphrates River. This is the text of the letter they sent to him. To King Artaxerxes, from your servants, the men from the region west of the Euphrates River, let it be known to the king that the Jews who came from you have returned to us at Jerusalem. They are rebuilding that rebellious and evil city, finishing its walls and repairing its foundations. Let it now be known to the king that if the city is rebuilt and its walls are finished, they will not pay tribute, duty, or land tax, and the royal revenue will suffer. Since we have taken an oath of loyalty to the king, and it is not right for us to witness his dishonor, we have sent to inform the king that a search should be made in your father's record books. In these record books you will discover and verify that the city is a rebellious city, harmful to kings and provinces. There have been revolts in it since ancient times." That's why this city was destroyed. We advise the king that if this city is rebuilt and its walls are finished, you will not have any possessions west of the Euphrates. Now the king sent a reply to his chief deputy Rehum, Shemshai the scribe, and the rest of their colleagues living in Samaria and elsewhere in the region west of the Euphrates River. Greetings! The letter you sent to us has been translated and read in my presence. I issued a decree and a search was conducted. It was discovered that this city has had uprisings against kings since ancient times and there have been rebellions and revolts in it. Powerful kings have also ruled over Jerusalem and have exercised authority over the whole region west of the Euphrates River and tribute, duty, and land tax were paid to them. Therefore, issue an order for these men to stop so that this city will not be rebuilt until a further decree has been pronounced by me. See that you do not neglect this matter. Otherwise, the damage will increase and the royal interests will suffer. As soon as the text of King Artaxerxes' letter was read to Rehem, Shemshai the scribe, and their colleagues, they immediately went to the Jews in Jerusalem and forcibly stopped them. Now the construction of God's house in Jerusalem had stopped and remained at a standstill until the second year of the reign of King Darius of Persia. Matthew chapter 4 verse 1 Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. 
After he'd fasted forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. Then the tempter approached him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. He answered, It is written, Man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will give his angels orders concerning you, and they will support you with their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus told him, It is also written, Do not test the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their splendor. And he said to them, I will give you all these things if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus told him, Go away, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him and angels came and began to serve him. When he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. He left Nazareth and went to live in Capernaum by the sea in the region of Zebulon and Naphtali. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulon and land of Naphtali, along the road by the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who live in darkness have seen a great light, and for those living in the land of the shadow of death a light has dawned. From then on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he was walking along the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Follow me, he told them, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with Zebedee, their father, preparing their nets, and he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. Now Jesus began to go all over Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Then the news about him spread throughout Syria. So they brought to him all those who were afflicted, those suffering from various diseases and intense pains, the demon-possessed, the epileptics, and the paralytics, and he healed them. Large crowds followed him from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. Acts chapter 4, verse 1. While they were speaking to the people, the priests The captain of the temple police and the Sadducees confronted them because they were annoyed that they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. So they seized him and took them into custody until the next day since it was already evening. But many of those who heard the message believed and the number of the men came to about 5,000. The next day their rulers, elders, and scribes assembled in Jerusalem with Anas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, Alexander and all the members of the high priestly family. After they had Peter and John stand before them, they began to question them. By what power and what name have you done this? 
Then Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today about a good deed done to a disabled man, by what means he was healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified and whom God raised from the dead, by him This man is standing here before you healthy. This Jesus is the stone rejected by you builders, which has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. When they observed the boldness of Peter and John and recognized they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. And since they saw the man who had been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say in opposition. After they ordered them to leave the Sanhedrin, they conferred among themselves, saying, What should we do with these men? For an obvious sign has been done through them, clear to everyone living in Jerusalem, and we can't deny it. But so that this does not spread any further among the people, let's threaten them against speaking to anyone in this name again. So they called for them and ordered them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. And Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God for us to listen to you rather than to God, you decide. For we are unable to stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. After threatening them further, they released them. They found no way to punish them because the people were all giving glory to God over what had been done. For this sign of healing had been performed on a man over 40 years old. After they were released, they went to their own people and reported everything the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together and to God and said, Master, you are the one who made the heaven, the earth, and the sea, and everything in them. You said through the Holy Spirit, by the mouth of our father David, your servant, why do the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot futile things? The kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers assemble together against the Lord and against his Messiah. For in fact, in this city, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, assembled together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, to do whatever your hand and your will had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, consider their threats, and grant that your servants may speak your word with all boldness, while you stretch out your hand for healing, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus." When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God boldly. Now the entire group of those who believed were of one heart and mind, and no one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but instead they held everything in common. With great power, the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was on all of them. For there was not a needy person among them, because all those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the proceeds of what was sold, and laid them at the apostles' feet. This was then distributed to each person as any had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus by birth, the one the apostles called Barnabas, which is translated son of encouragement, sold a field he owned, brought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet. Amen. That is the word of the Lord. And I gotta say, Acts chapter 4 is one of my 
favorite chapters in the entire Bible. I love it. The prayer meeting is so powerful and how God shook the whole place and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit again and began to speak the word of God boldly. That's fantastic. I also think that Peter's sermon here, uh, the very small sermon that he says when he faces the Jewish leadership in verses 8 through 12, is fantastic. It may even be better than what we have recorded of his sermon in Acts chapter 2. Verse 12 is awesome. There's salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. And you're going to find over and over again that the Bible makes exclusive claims about Jesus. He is, as he said, the only way to salvation. Now, if I had one little quibble with Luke, it would be verse 21. The man that was healed, I'm sorry, verse 22, the sign of healing had been performed on a man over 40 years old. Hey, Luke, <laughs> that's that's not that old, okay? That's not that old. Over 40 years old, I still, you know, I'm over 40 years old. I don't feel that old. Other than that one slight, though, I love chapter 4 of Acts. And I hope this has been a blessing and an encouragement to you guys that are listening. We're four days in. Uh, I think that means we're over 1% of the way through the Bible. So if you've made it this far, good job. We're going to keep going. I want to invite you to keep going with us. Check out the website at BibleReadingPodcast.com. Share this with your friends. They're not going to hear a lot of me and my opinions. They're going to hear a lot of the Word of God when they listen to this podcast. So I think it's uh, I think it's worth sharing that. And there's tons of better voices out there reading the Word of God than I my voice. So if you don't want to share this one, share something with the Word of God to your friends. Um, we will be back tomorrow for Genesis 5, Ezra 5, Matthew 5, and Acts chapter 5. Until then, God bless you and have a great day.